Amen. And God is doing things in Athabasca. Amen. 2016 is our year. My Lord. It is our year. Amen. And uh, amen. Just the other day, we had somebody come by the house uh, to take care of some electric work and some internet stuff. And he said, I need to find your electric box. And he, so we are searching around. We found it downstairs. And right there beside the, the uh, dryer and the hot water tank, he looked at me and he said, so what are you, a pastor, a priest? What are you? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, all right, I, I had no title at the door. And I said, well, I serve as a minister. And, and uh, right there in our basement, beside the dirty clothes and the hot water tank, we had a Bible study talking about God. And I said, Lord, I would rather this in my living room, but anywhere, anyhow is all right. Is that right, church? We just got to be ready. Amen. And his name is Sean. He's just a young man, 20 years old. And he said, you're in the ministry. How's that working out for you? He said, <laughs> amen. But I want to tell somebody that it's worth living for God. I have no regrets serving God. Amen. And I'm so thankful to have my beautiful wife with me. Amen. I'll let you clap. That's all right. She is my South Pacific Pearl. Amen. I've called her that since day one. Amen. The Lord gave me a treasure. I would never would have thought, you may be seated for now, never would have thought that across the world was my precious wife. And while she was over there, she was serving the Lord with all her heart. Amen. She was giving everything to God. And when I asked her to marry me, she said no three times. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> amen she wanted to make sure that this was the will of God that's a good woman that's a good woman I said that's a good woman amen it wasn't my muscles it wasn't my good looks amen God knows I didn't have any of that stuff but she said I'll say yes to the Lord and I want to tell you church that when she said yes to the Lord the Lord gave her promise and said that I will take care of your family. And how many have heard that cyclone that just hit Fiji? Anybody hear about that? See, our news don't cover anything over, uh, over there. But they had the biggest hurricane, cyclone rather, that they had ever seen in the history of Fiji. It was record winds. And that cyclone was going straight to Tonga. It could not miss Tonga. And Tonga is a circumference of Edmonton, very small island, beautiful island, but it could never survive those winds. And the king, listen now, had the entire country praying for 24 hours for a full week. Amen. Sound like Nineveh, doesn't it? When we humble ourselves and pray, he said, I will heal the land. I want to tell you, church, that cyclone literally stopped in its tracks, did a U-turn, and went straight north and missed Tonga completely. Hallelujah. You can say what you want to say, but I know God is in control. You can say what you want to say, but I know God honored somebody when you pray. Amen. Amen. And my, my, my in-laws, amen, the Lord gave them a beautiful home the, at, right after we got married. Put them into a beautiful cement house, amen, with beautiful tile. And in the village, amen, they had a, a brand new paved road come straight past their house. 
Nowhere else in that village has a paved road, but my in-laws have a paved road. <laughs> With electric lights, looks like the Edmonton City. Is that right, Sister Schilling? From the start to the finish, amen. I, you can say what you want to say, but when you obey God, he'll take care of things. <laughs> amen. And the, and the storms come and go, and everyone else in the village is flooded, but my in-laws are above water. Why? Because that new road serves as a dam. God is amazing, Bishop. Amen. So I'm so thankful to have my wife with me, and he blessed us with a miracle. Amen. Sister Phyllis, amen, named after our first lady. What an honor. Amen. And she has been worshiping with us. And amen, while we lay hands on people, she's laying hands on them as well. Double blessing. Praise God. Well, I'm excited to be in church. How about you? I said, I'm excited to be in church. How about you? Amen. Amen. My wife and I counted a great honor and privilege, amen, to be here, amen, to minister to some of the, the best people, amen, in Canada. I believe that. Amen. And so if you'd stand with me to the book of Matthew chapter 13, amen, I'm just amazed at God that the moment I walked in, he confirmed his word. Sister Laura gave me the book of Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. I read that and I said, God, you are with me. Thank you for confirming your word. We sat in Sunday school, Brother Miles, where are you at? I mean, you were all over my message. And I said, God, you are with me. Amen. We have no reason to worry. Amen. When God's with us, he'll take care of things. Praise God. So I have a word from the Lord. Amen. Would you help me preach this morning? The book of Matthew chapter 13. And we'll be reading in verse 1 to 3. If you have it, please say amen. amen. Praise God. The Bible reads, The same day when Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things, unto them in parables saying behold can you read this with me behold a sower went forth to sow let's read that one more time behold a sower went forth to sow this morning with the help of the lord i want to just talk a little bit about ground condition ground condition would you help me pray in the name of jesus Lord, I'm asking you to touch my mind, touch my heart, touch my mouth. Lord, I don't want my thoughts. I want your thoughts. Lord, I'm asking you to direct me. God, I'm asking you to minister to everybody that is here. Lord, every child, every woman, every man, every boy and girl, every visitor. Oh, God, every elder. Lord, you are able to minister to all of our needs. God, they may be thirsting. They may be hungering, oh, God. And, Lord, I thank you for your word this morning. And I'm asking you, Lord, to have your way. Bless and multiply it in Jesus name can the church say in Jesus name in Jesus name now clap your hands one more time and give all the praise come on lift your voice unto God just one more time tell him how great he is you're a great God 
You are great, God. You are a mighty God. You are a wonderful God. We've come to worship you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The name that is above every name. His name is Jesus. Praise God. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. A couple of years ago, my wife and I decided we wanted to plant some flowers in our church yard at the parsonage there and had these great, great visions. I had envisioned the Garden of Eden. And so I had turned the soil over near the house and I had envisioned a border of lush flowers that would surround the house and open the window and you'd smell the roses. Doesn't that sound beautiful? And so we got out there with our spade and our shovel and made a nice border around the, the house and went out and bought some flower seeds. And the package showed such great potential. Amen. You plant these seeds and this is what will be in your garden. So I, I, I got my hands dirty and I got in there and I began to turn the soil and got some water in a water can and uh, my wife and I, we planted these seeds, and uh, we patted it on top, and we, we were just couldn't wait. You know, when you get in a package, come in the mail, you just can't wait to see the, the, it coming out of the ground. You can't wait to open it. You can't wait to enjoy. And every day, as I would go out and go to work, I would look into that garden bed, and I would anticipate just any day now there's going to be some seeds that are going to come up. I'm going to see some hope. I'm going to see little blades of green. Amen. And I just, I couldn't wait for it. Amen. To, to pluck it in and put it on the kitchen table and, and to enjoy the colors. Well, a week went by. Two weeks went by. Spring came and went. It was now high summer and it was hot. And there still were no flowers. There wasn't even anything green. <laughs> Amen. I would look at that garden bed. It was such disappointment. I said, what's up with you? What's wrong with you? And I began to talk to somebody that knew something about gardening. And they said, it is not the seed. It is the condition of the soil. I said, oh, my Lord. I thought maybe I had bought the wrong packet of seeds. Perhaps Amen Superstore was just selling grains of sand or something. But they ensured me, they said, no, you bought good seed. You have good seed. Anybody hearing me this morning? It's the soil. They said, if you look at the condition of the soil, it is not conducive for the seed to take root. That seed tried its very best, but there just wasn't enough water. There just wasn't enough sunshine. There just wasn't enough sustenance for it to take root and to grow and to be strong and to be beautiful. Praise God. We read in the book of Matthew chapter 13, Jesus speaks in parables. These are short stories of, uh, of, of the Lord illustrating the kingdom of God. Amen. These are stories to help us understand heavenly things. 
because we are natural beings. Amen. We are flesh. How many know your flesh stinks? We took a shower today because of our flesh. We mask our flesh with lotions and perfumes because we smell. Come on, somebody. Amen. If you don't smell, tell me your secret because we're flesh. We stink. We have a carnality. Come on, help me, somebody. We have an attribute that we like. We lie, like Brother Miles was telling us today. You don't have to teach a, a, a young person how to lie. They do it naturally. You don't have to teach anybody how to steal. They do it naturally. Amen. And Jesus, while he walked on earth, he began to speak to the crowd. Amen. I could just imagine. Amen. I like to use my imagination. So if, if you just want to help me out tonight, if it's not King James, it's Joel James, but it's 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 referencing to the Bible. Can you is that all right, Bishop Neil? Amen. And uh, and so Jesus began to speak to the crowd and he said, Listen now, I'm gonna tell you a story. He said there was a sower that went to sow the seed. Amen. Verse 4, follow with me on the board. I want us to follow very carefully to the word of God. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside. Here is a man with, with seeds in his hand. There's nothing wrong with the quality of the seed. The seed is of top quality. Amen. He's out there and he's throwing the seed. Amen. A little here, a little there, a little over there, and some over here. And the Bible tells us where the seeds landed. The, the seed landed by the wayside. And it tells us what happened when the seeds fell. Bear with me now. Hang on. We're going somewhere. The fowl came. The birds of the air saw the seed laying on top of the soil they came and they devoured the seed you ask any farmer in alberta amen birds are a nuisance when they sowing the seed they have to sow extra because the birds come and steal a portion of those seeds amen and he continue on in verse five as he kept sowing some fell on the stony place amen and and the scripture says that there was not much earth there and it tried to spring up but there was no roots amen he kept on going to tell us in verse 6 when the sun would come up that sun would scorch those seeds those little those little blades of grass coming out there wasn't enough amen roots amen there wasn't enough to get down amen and that hot summer day sun would come and just scorching up that little hope and it withered away. Verse 7 tells us that the sower kept on sowing the seed. Some fell into thorns. And when the thorns sprung up, it choked them. Have you ever, amen, gotten into a rose bush? And you try to clip back the roses. And if you've never experienced a thorn, let me tell you, it is painful. The thorn, amen, penetrates the flesh and it hurts and it's and it's painful and it and it's a distraction and you're wondering what is going on the seed was choked the final uh, ground that the seed fell upon in verse 8 the bible says it fell into good ground somebody say good ground amen look at your neighbor and tell them it fell on good ground Come on, help me preach today. 
I want us to do some self-evaluation. I want you to lift up the word of God like it were a mirror. Come on, church. Lift up the word of God today and find where do you fit in the condition of the soil. I'm not here to tell you what you are. You know what you are. I'm not here to tell you anything, but you need to know, amen, the condition of your heart. But there is hope today in God. You may find yourself in a condition that you don't want to be in anymore. But there is hope in God this morning. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I feel the unction of the Holy Ghost. It fell onto good ground. And look at this. That seed lodged into that deep black earth. Have you ever even been on a plantation? In my wife's country, you see pineapple plantations, and the earth is hot. You mean you put your hand in there, and it's warmth. It's deep, black, rich, smells like earth. How many know what I'm talking about? And it's just delicious. Amen. And every seed that drops into that soil, amen, it grabs that seed. It says, mm, come on, get down in here. We're going to lock you in. We're going to surround you with some warmth. Oh, hallelujah. And when the sunshine comes out, don't you worry now. We've got you covered. We're going to help you grow here. Go ahead, little seed, and, and poke your little root out. Help me out, church. Come on, seedling. Just Come on. We, there's enough deep soil in here that you can latch on to. There's enough moisture in here for you to enjoy and to lap up and, and to enjoy, amen, the blessings. That kind of soil is what we ought to be. That type of ground condition is what we should be in the church. The Bible says this type of soil bringeth forth fruit. Now, if we've been in church a long time and we don't have fruit, we should be crying out to God. Amen. I said, God, it bothers me that when I preach on a Sunday morning and nobody gets the Holy Ghost, I, my wife's my witness. I'll go home and I will cry. I'll say, God, what was it? What, what happened? Is it the seed? Is it the messenger? What is it, God? I want to see fruit. I want to see ha things happen. Come on, church. Amen. Brought forth hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. Amen. The key here is it brought forth fruit. There was a mango tree in our yard, in our house, in, in our compound, and it was a mango tree. And every year, it, no fruit. It was a, a, a waste of a tree. I mean, I was so excited. They said to me, you got a mango tree in your yard. I thought, oh, awesome. Every summer between December and March, we're going to have mangoes. And so I couldn't wait. I was looking forward to this. I didn't have to go to the market and buy it. It'd just be in my yard. Doesn't that sound good? And every year, I would go to that mango tree and look up there and said, my Lord, you are a wasteful tree. You have all the leaves. You have all the branches. Mm. You even have flowers. But where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? And so we said next year. It's going to come next year. All right. 
Next year it'll be. Is that right, Sister Schilling? Next year that it will it will for sure come. And a whole year would go by, and the farmer said, Oh, this year, it's gonna be a good mango season. All right. And I saw every other mango tree <laughs> full of flowers. And I would go to my tree and said, You be you better be cut down. You're a waste. You know, church, I don't want to be a waste. I don't want God to pour so much into me that I become rotten and stale. I don't want to become fermented. I don't want to be wasteful of what God has poured into me. I've got to start pouring out. I've got to start sharing with somebody of the goodness of God. I've got to begin sharing the good news. I've got to start sharing the seed. Hallelujah. See, Jesus is teaching all of this. And his disciples paused him and said, Lord, amen, in verse 10. Why are you speaking like this? Why are you speaking in parables? Amen. And Jesus looked at them and he said in verse 11, because it is given unto you to know. You know this stuff already. But, but these people don't. Amen. And you know, sometimes church, we know so much. Amen. We have such a knowledge. We know so much about the word of God. But there are those that are amongst us in our workplace, in our schools, even in the marketplace that they do not know yet the gospel. Amen. The master, why are you teaching them in stories? He said, I'll tell you why. Because they don't know yet. Amen. Look at with me in verse 12. It says, it, for whatsoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, for him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing, see not. And hearing, they hear not. Neither do they understand. There is an epidemic happening in our world right now. Put verse 15 on the board. There is a heart problem happening in our world today. Amen. Our hearts have waxed gross. Amen. There is a perversion that is on a rampage in our society. Help me out, church. Amen. You don't have to live very long to understand that in, in, in our world, there's an increasing Amen. A perversion and, 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 and sinfulness that is everywhere around us. What was once wrong is now right. And what was right is now wrong. Can I hear somebody help me today? Amen. There is a heart problem in our world. Amen. The scripture says there is an ear problem. Amen. Their ears are dull of hearing. Amen. The, the, the message comes and it just bounces off. Amen. The word of God comes and they don't want to hear it. They turn you off. They say, la, la, la. Listen, I'm not talking to you. I don't want to hear the truth anymore. Come on, you know what I'm talking is right. There is a hearing problem in our world. Talking about political correctness, but they don't want to know what's right in the word. Mm, we can get in trouble for saying that, but it's right anyhow. Amen. Amen. I don't want my ears to be dull. I want to hear what thus saith the Lord. Amen. Jesus continues on and says their eyes are closed. Amen. You notice the senses of the body. 
Amen. There's a problem. Our hearts, amen, our ears, our eyes, amen, have turned away from the truth, turned away from God, turned away from the apostolic message. Church, let me tell you, if you know who Jesus is, it's no time to turn back now. If you have a revelation of the Godhead, don't sell out for cheap. If you've been baptized in Jesus' name and you've been, you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, you've spoken tongues, Amen. Your sins have been washed away. Don't get a hearing problem now. Don't get an eye problem now. Say, God, touch my mind. Give me a 2020 vision. Let me hear into the supernatural. Let me hear the voice of the Lord. Is there a Samuel in the house? Speak, Lord, thy servant hear it. I was driving to work. I drive two hours to work from Athabasca to downtown. And I, I put on the podcast. Thank you, Amen, for McMurray for an awesome podcast. Let's give them a hand. Awesome, awesome. And I, I tune in and I hear my pastor preach and I have church going to work and coming home. And as I'm journeying, I can just feel the Holy Ghost and, I'm, and, I, and the Lord puts these thoughts into my mind. And he started talking to me about revelation. Started talking to me about understanding things. He said, there are many people that just read my word, but they don't understand. There are many people that read the Bible, but they don't have a revelation. And I said, well, God, how do we get revelation? He said, you've got to read my word through prayer. If you don't read the word of God with, uh, without a prayer life, friend, it's nothing. But when you read and you pray, God begins to open your understanding. <laughs> oh, when you read the word and you pray, God, help me to understand. Oh, friend, the word of God just begins to open like a tulip. It begins to open like a rose and he begins to expose things to you that you've never seen before. It's a of PhD. It's beyond degrees and masters. It's beyond philosophy. It's all. Oh, it's beyond ideology. It's beyond anything that the world says is scholarship. But when God opens your mind and you begin to understand the word, whew, he began to show me it's like a staircase up to God. It's up to us how high we want to go up that staircase it's up to us how much we put into God it's up to us how much we put into this relationship I'm not just a Sunday morning saint I'm not just a Sunday evening saint but come Monday morning I'm still gonna seek God come Tuesday come Wednesday come Friday night come on help me somebody young people Friday night are you still seeking after the Lord and then he began to show me that as we read and begin to pray and we begin to approach it, all right, I see you. You're coming up. I see. All right, come on a little closer. Ah, you're coming closer to me now. I will begin to expose myself to you. I will begin to open the curtain. I will begin to show you things that were mysterious. I will begin to reveal myself to you. How many understand the word? Mm. I remember when I was 12 years old. 
And I was on my bed like this, reading John 1.1. 1, 1. Amen. For the very first time, put John 1.1 1, 1 on the board. Amen. I was on my bed, 12 years old. Who's 12? Put your hand up if you're 12. Who's 13? Anybody? Right there, that young boy. That's how young I was. And I read John 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Genesis 1, 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning was the word. That spoken word was God. How many understand what I'm saying? That young boy right there, he can have a revelation of who God is. And I laid there on my bed and I got the revelation of the almighty God. The Alpha and Omega in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead. Come on, somebody. 12 years old, I jumped off my bed. I ran down the hallway and I said, Mom, I understand who God is. <laughs> I didn't know everything, but I knew who he was. And it was through a course of time of teaching. And I remember many times sitting in church hearing the man of God, our bishop, preach. I said, God, I don't understand. Oh, Lord, I'm not getting this. And I see everyone else saying, amen. What's wrong with me? I said, Lord, help me. You know what? I didn't throw in the towel. You hear me? I didn't throw in the towel. I didn't give up on God. Mm. I didn't give up on church. Well, I don't know what pastor's talking about, so I'm out of here. No, I got down on my knees, and I began to pray. I said, Lord, open my understanding. Lord, touch my mind. Touch my soil condition. I don't want to be stony ground. I don't want to be the wayside. Come on, church. I don't want thorns to choke me. I want to be that deep, black, warm soil that can take the word of God. And it shows fruit. So after that interruption of the disciples, Jesus said, can I continue on? Now that you're done interrupting me, can I keep teaching them? And so we look in Matthew chapter 13. You go down to verse 18. He continues to teach the parable. He said, I'm going to expound it a little bit more. I have laid out a foundation here. You can see four types of soils. Now I'm going to explain to you what these soils mean. I'm not talking about a garden anymore, church. I'm talking about your heart. I'm not talking about my flower bed anymore. I'm talking about the condition of your heart. Amen. This morning, I believe there's good soil, Bishop. This morning, I believe there's some young people that are going to take the word of God. And they're going to run with the word of God. Verse 18, he continues. He says, hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. He says in verse 19, when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not. Then cometh the wicked one. He's explaining the foul. Amen. He, he, he painted a beautiful picture. He said, now I'm going to explain the picture. Those birds is the wicked one. The wicked one will come. And he will snatch out that seed. 
The devil doesn't want you to know who God is. Mm, I said the wicked one doesn't want you have to have a revelation of who God is. Because without that revelation, you have nothing. You have no power. You have no sustenance. You have no covering. You have no anointing. Mm, that's right. I mean, you can do all great things, but if, if you don't have a revelation of who God is, because Acts 1 verse 8 says you will receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Is that right? That's the Bible. He says in verse 19, the wicked one come and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. It was not the seed's fault. It was the condition of the heart. Amen. The seed was planted and they didn't understand. They didn't go in a prayer meeting and say, God, I'm going to meditate. You know, cows, they love their grass so much they regurgitate it, don't they? Amen. They love their pasture so much. They, I'm going to eat that again. We need to do that with the word of God. Some of us eat the word and spit it out. But keep it in. Keep the word in. Meditate on the word. Think of these things day and night. When I go to bed, amen, when I wake up in the morning, thinking of these things. How much do you enjoy the word? How much do you enjoy God's word? Amen. Catcheth away that which was sown into heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. That's the condition of the wayside. The wayside is somebody that does not understand. They did not guard it. They did not protect it. We need to pray a hedge of protection around our children, around their mind, around their heart. I said, oh God, protect them. But he that received the seed into a stony place, the same as he that heareth the word. He heard the word. And was excited about it. With anon, with joy, received it. Amen, like a conference. Woo! Did you hear Sister So-and-so preach those ladies? My God, my life's been changed. I said, why hasn't your life been changed in your home church? Isn't the word there too? I'm sorry, but that's, that's just how I feel. Amen, when pastor preaches, I want my life to change there too. It's not just camp meeting. It's not just summit. It's not just youth conference. But what about a Thursday night Bible study? Amen. We should be just excited to go to prayer meeting as summit conference, as camp meeting. Because when you pray, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. When you pray. Oh, the revelation begins to come. Oh, I've never seen that before. And they begin to read and pray the word of God. I'm excited, church. I said, I'm excited. I want you to understand what I'm talking about. Amen. When you read the word through prayer, my God, you can get excited about living for God. Amen. It's not just a manual. Amen. It's not just an encyclopedia. It's the word of God. So they were excited about it. Verse 21 says, yet hath he no root. He had no, not root in himself. Amen. So it's one thing to get excited about the church, about the word. It's one thing to get excited about being at conference. And, but what about the journey home? When you get to your final destination that you call home. 
Amen. It's not just enough to be excited and to get hyped up about it. But there's got to come a root. There's got to come a time in our life where what we heard comes into our life. And it takes root. And it, it, becomes, to, it becomes a part of us. What the, what the bishop said, it's, I'm going I'm to act upon that. What the teacher said, I'm not going to just hear about it. I'm going to actually do something about it. There's a root system taking place. And if our root is not in God, the scripture says tribulation comes. Persecution will arise because of the word. You know, not everything on YouTube you need to watch. Is that right? Say, this is why I don't like going to church. This is why I don't like the church. Friend, I'm not going to watch. I'm going to click on that stuff. I love the church. (laughs) You see that list on the side? Ignore it. (laughs) You just stay on the T.O.P. YouTube site. (laughs) Amen. I know what I'm talking about. You click on that garbage and you get confused. Amen. Make sure it lines up to the word. There's no roots there. Tribulations come. Persecution arise because of the word. And by and by, he is offended. Amen. How is it that we could know this blessed gospel, Bishop, and, and, and been on the pew and be offended? There is no time for offense, friend. I said there is no time for offense. Perfect love casteth out fear. Amen. Perfect love. If we truly love the word, we will not be offended. Is that right? What kind of soil condition are we talking about today? What kind of soil is my heart? If I'm offended, I said, oh, God, check my spirit. I will not make heaven if I'm offended. That's the truth. Verse 22 continues on. It says, He also that received the seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the cares of the world. The moment you walk out of church, your bills are there. The stress is there. Your family problems are there. And the cares of the world begin to mount on top of you. And instead of praying, you begin to stress. Now, I know this is Alberta. And they said our employment rate is about 6.8. Is that right? Somewhere around there. It is creeping up and up and up. You can feel it everywhere you go. The stress, the cares of life is very real. Amen. People are trying to pay their bills on time. People are foreclosing their house. They said in Calgary, people are mailing their house keys into the bank, losing their homes. Amen. I know, amen, that right now is a hard time for people all across our province. But the Bible says that these thorns will come and try to choke out the word. But you know what we need to do? We need to get back into the word. It said, for I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed. That's me, begging for bread. For I know the thoughts that I think of you. Thoughts not of evil. And I will give you an expected end. You see, when we know the word of God, we begin to encourage ourselves. Oh, surely the Lord is with me that everywhere I go, I am the head and not the tail. I am a lenderer and not a borrower. Come on, somebody. Somebody. 
scripture. The promises of God in him are yay and amen. So I can look at the thorns and say, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you, thorn. Does he not know our needs, church? His eye is on the sparrow. The Lord has given us a promise today. He said, I know your needs even before you speak it. I know you need a roof over your head. Church, he knows that. He knows you need a cloth on your back. He knows it. He knows he need, you need food on the table. And so you know what? You know what I do? When I see my fridge completely empty, sparkling like it's brand new, you know what I do? I open that fridge and I said, just more room for blessings. And every single time, God comes through. You may be surprised to hear it, but yes, it happens. But God is always on time. Woo! He's always on time. Can somebody clap their hands onto God? Clap your hands and magnify God. He's always on time. You wonder why I shout. You wonder why I look crazy. You wonder why I weep before God because he's been so good. Yes, Lord. Just give him a couple minutes and thank him. Come on. Somebody just shout hallelujah. If you know the Lord has brought you over, if you know the Lord has blessed you, come on, just thank him. Thank him. You may not have all your wants, but he'll supply your needs. You may not be in a mansion, but you got a roof over your head. You may not be driving a limousine, but you got a car to get to work. You may not be in the best job, but you have a job. Come on, saints of God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And I believe in the economy of God. Amen. We are his children, the sheep of his pasture. Amen. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. Don't worry now. Amen. Israelites, don't worry. You're in the midst of Babylon, but I will take care of you. Is that right, church? Is that right? I was talking to my brother-in-law the other night about the three Hebrew boys. I said, in the midst of all of that idolatry were three strong Hebrew men. They could not deny the blessings of God upon them. I want to have roots. I said, I want to have roots. You know, in our yard, we had a banana tree. Talking about all these trees. And I thought before, you know, a banana tree. Wow. You know, swinging monkeys, right? Banana trees are the ugliest trees ever. I hate them. They really are. <laughs> you know why? Because every time a wind comes by, the tree is down. And it can't even support its own fruit. So I thought to myself, this is strange. Why? It, I mean, it has the plumage. It has the fruit. So I thought, why is this so weak? So I went up to the fruit, and I, literally I just went... <laughs> The tree came down. And I looked at the bottom, Pastor, and I saw these pathetic little squiggly roots like this. Is that right, sister? These tiny pathetic And I said, my Lord, it has all the look. It has all the fruit, but there's no roots. And every tribulation that come by, every storm, 
I mean a little breeze. <sighs> down goes the tree. Every little offense. Down goes the tree. Come on, church. Every little wind. Every little gossip. Down goes the tree. We got to pop it back up. Every plantation you see, every banana tree has a stick on it. Is that right? Because it's so offended, it can't even stand up right. See, God knew why I went to Tonga to preach this message. <laughs> I didn't know any of that stuff before. And I, and I said, take them all down. I don't want any of them. They're ugly. Amen. Because <laughs> every storm, he said, we got to go back there and prop them all up. I don't want to be propped up all the time. I want roots in God. I don't want to be propped up every time somebody says something about the church, something about me, something about my wife. I said, that's all right. I know who I am in God. That's all right. Say what you want to say. But in me is a good God. In me is a mighty God. Can we get a spirit of David? Is there not a cause? I may be rudy in countenance. I may be small in stature, but I defy this Goliath. How dare you speak against my king? How dare you speak against the children of God? And he began to hasten. He began to run. Because in him was the almighty God. So we got to understand who we are in God. Talking about roots today. Amen. Can the church say amen? amen. We don't want thorns to choke us out. Amen. We don't want the thorns to come and choke us so we become unfruitful. That banana tree lays and the ants get in there. And the maggots and the cockroaches ruin the fruit. They become unfruitful. Finally, verse 23 says, But he that receives seed into the good ground. Oh, somebody say, that's me, that's me. Brother Shilling, I don't know what you're talking about with all these grounds. That's not me, friend. I'm the good soil. Now you're talking about me. Can somebody say, no, he's talking my language. Come on, talk about the good soil, because that's me. Come on, come on, Brother Shilling, preach about it. That's me. I'm the good soil. Pastor, you don't have to worry about me. I'm the good soil. I believe there are good soil in here. Amen. But he that receives seed into the good ground. That's you. That's me. Amen. Amen. What we say, come out of our mouth, let it be. Amen. Is he that heareth. Somebody say heareth. That's your ears. Touch your ear. I'm hearing the word. March 13, spring forward. I lost an hour, but I'm still hearing you. I'm not sleeping. I hear the word and understandeth it i'm praying for revelation to fit everyone in this house i'm praying for understanding to hit you in your head that you can receive the word of god amen and understandeth it touch my heart lord which also beareth fruit bringeth forth some a hundredfold some sixty and some 30. Amen. Say, Lord, touch my heart. Amen. Touch my mind. Lord, that when I hear your word, that I not be offended, that I not grumble and complain. Oh, God, I pray that you would touch my understanding. Ah, hallelujah. He that believeth and is baptized shall be 
saved. Believing is not just a one-time thing, friend. Believing is an action word. He that believeth, that TH is telling us you got to walk in it. The Bible says, Acts 2.38, put it on the board. And Peter said, repent. See, every revival that took place did not start with a song service. It started with people on their knees. And we have so much focus on music and lights and fog and all of this showness and stuff. But friend, you read in the book of Acts, Peter said, you got to first repent. Now, I know that's not common saying today. Amen. We put so much emphasis on being professional. But there's nothing professional about repentance. Repentance is ugly. Amen. Repentance is weeping before God. Repentance is exposing yourself to God. Here I am, God. These are my sins, oh God. I'm not hiding anything from you, God. I'm tired of my addiction, oh God. I'm tired of my bondage oh god i'm tired of of all the things that separate me from you see there's got to come a time in our life where we're sick and tired of living in sin amen amen and peter said unto them repent and be baptized you got to turn away from sin say god i'm done with sin forgive me lord lord i, I choose you lord you are the Lord of my life. The scripture continues and says, and be baptized, every one of you. There is water here this morning. What hindereth thou to be baptized? Amen. Philip said to the Ethiopian eunuch, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian eunuch said, how can I, if someone don't explain, let me explain to you how to be saved. You've got to repent of all your sins. You're telling God, I'm finished with the world. I'm done with this lifestyle i'm choosing you from day this day onward god i'm not going back into darkness and in obedience i want to be baptized not a sprinkling not a glass of water come on friend i'm going to go down the word baptism comes from a word baptizo which means to be submerged to go down into the water amen we bury dead people don't we is that right? We put them down into the soil. Because anything that's dead, that's on top, stinks. Is that right? You put them in the ground. Repentance is a type of death. Amen. You got to be buried in Jesus' name. But you're not going to stay down under the water. We'll bring you up. Amen. Don't worry. We don't teach you how to plug your nose too long you come back up in likeness of Christ Woo! you will come up out of the water the Bible says and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost that is the promise of God he doesn't want to just walk beside you he doesn't want to just talk to you he wants to be in you Woo! if you believe it clap your hands unto the Lord he wants to dwell in you. He wants relationship with you. He wants to have relationship with his creation. Do you not know you were created to worship? Do you not know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? The book of Genesis tells us that the almighty God got intimate with his creation. 
the book of Genesis, it tells us that he spoke and it was. Is that right? Let there be. And it was. But with man, it was different. He said, I'm going to get down there and I'm going to get intimate. It took the creativity of God. He took dust. Is that right, Bishop? He took dust and he began to form. And the scripture says in Genesis chapter 2, in verse 7 to 8, I believe, that he breathed into the nostrils and man became a living soul. Do you not know the breath that you breathe is from God himself? Do you not know that every day is a blessed day because God is in it? Hallelujah. 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 Oh, thank you, Jesus. I want to introduce you to him today. His name is Jesus. He will save you from your sins. He will heal your body. He will deliver you. There is no addiction too great that God cannot break those bonds. There's no alcohol addiction too great that God cannot break those chains. There is no cigarette too good that God cannot curb that addiction. There is no fornication, no adultery that God cannot forgive. Come on, help me somebody. The scripture says such were some of you, but we are washed. I know if it wasn't for the Lord... I would not be standing here today. I know that. God reached down, filled a six-year-old boy with the Holy Ghost. But it was when I was 13 that I was converted. I made up my mind. My father walked out on God. My dad, my dear dad, I'm praying for. I'm still praying for. The mercy of God is on his life. Amen. He walked out on God. And my world just seemed to be upside down. I said, God, I don't understand. Why? Why would you take my dad? My dad was my strong. He was my fortress, my strong, my strong arm. I, I admired my dad. He raised me in the faith. He raised me in truth. My mother, my, my father. They did a great job raising me to love this truth. And when he walked out on God, somebody came up to me and said, I guess you're going to leave church now, aren't you? And I looked at them and something rose up inside of me, Pastor. Something got inside of me. My 13-year-old mind began to shake. And I looked at that person and I said, just because man failed me does not mean God has ever failed me. I am not here because somebody has convinced me. I'm here because I chose to serve God. I'm here today because I made up in my mind. I'm here today because the Lord saved me. Let's all stand together. Choose you this day who you will serve. You may not know it, but you're serving something. We were made to worship. I said we were made. We were created to worship. Hallelujah. <laughs> the power of God is real. Amen. I said the power of God is real in this place. God is ministering to somebody's heart. He wants to pull you out of darkness. There is an empty hole in your heart. You're trying to fill it with stuff. Boats, mansions, won't do it. Girlfriends, relationships, won't do it. Can I hear somebody say amen? You've been down that road, and it's disappointed you. <laughs> the only thing that can satisfy 
is Jesus. He's the only one that can save your soul. So my question to you this afternoon is what kind of soil are you? Will you allow the devil to come and lie to you the moment you walk out of this church and you drive down waterways? He begins to lie into your mind. He said, you don't need that stuff. The wayside. Or you're going to allow the cares of life to distract you. Come Monday morning, you go and begin to work. Your focus is lost. You're no longer thinking of God. So we can be busy with so many things. But what about that sweet hour of prayer? What, Peter, can you not be with me for just an hour? Hallelujah. Are you going to allow the stony soil? You're excited? You're going to high-five somebody about it. But come Monday morning, where's your roots? Oh, friend. Come to this altar. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Come to this altar. Don't be just a hearer only, but act upon it. Salvation is here today. Only Jesus can satisfy. You make your way to the front. You begin to lift your hands. You begin to surrender unto God. Say, God, here I am, Lord. Take me, take me, take me. I don't, I don't quite understand everything, but what I know is I want to be close to you. He called it up